0: Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast, I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, have we now passed the worst of the inflation crisis that has been squeezing our finances for more than a year? Price rises in the UK are now slowing, but it's happening less quickly than in other countries and there are worrying predictions that we will simply have to get used to higher levels of inflation from here on in. That's our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Inflation is at last falling, but the trajectory of price rises from here and the policy responses to it are still very uncertain. The UK, it seems, has a particularly bad inflation problem and have been important voices warning over the past week or so that Britain may not see inflation returning to target levels for another two years. What does that all mean for the economy, for markets, for interest rates, for mortgage rates, and for our finances in general? Well, to help answer those questions, I'm pleased to say that I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Uh, Tom, um, look, we have once again found ourselves in the position of talking about economic data, which is just about to be updated in a podcast that won't be published until that data is updated. So, (laughs) listeners are already going to know what's happened to inflation in April. Uh, Those figures come out tomorrow morning, which is Wednesday morning. We do not know what happened in April. So, we're going to talk today uh, in a slightly longer term uh, picture about price rises. We do expect it to have fallen again, but it's fair to say, isn't it, Tom, that Britain has, up to now, had a more persistent inflation problem than other countries.
1: Yes, that's absolutely right. The uh, the most recent reading for inflation in the UK was ten point one percent, which uh, itself was uh, a disappointment. We've uh, we had expected inflation to fall back into single digits um, a month ago, uh, and and it didn't. Um, but yeah, that you're right. That 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 compares unfavorably with with other countries, notably. Uh, the rest of Europe, the Eurozone, uh, and also the US, which have both had uh, inflation problems themselves, but they seem to be uh, getting over their
0: inflation issue uh, more quickly than, than we've managed to. And um, again, without sort of second guessing or, or, or trying to cast forward about what's happened in the most recent data, in, in this sort of, you know, this month, perhaps, or the next few months, we are expecting big falls in that headline rate. That's because significant things are falling out of the year-on-year comparisons. That's why, incidentally, that the government has made some quite uh, punchy promises, actually, on inflation, even though inflation is not really completely within its control um so that's why the headline rate is probably going to come down
1: yeah i mean and and yeah you're right i mean the government has made what appear to be punchy promises but in fact when you you know look under the surface they're not actually um that bold really because as you say as you suggest the arithmetic um uh argues for quite a sharp fall in inflation simply because uh the year on year Comparisons just become more favourable because some of the big rises in particular um, last April we had a big rise in the domestic energy price cap um, and that just falls out of the out of the comparisons. And so sort of by arithmetically by definition, inflation comes out doesn't mean that prices are getting any cheaper,
0: but the rate of inflation, the year
1: on year comparison becomes better.
0: Yeah. And in fact, thinking back to the the budget a month or two ago, more than a month ago, The OBR made really um, bold predictions about where inflation would be by the end of this year, I think 2.9% under Mm. 3%. Mm. Um, Now, that might have to be revised. That's a forecast. All forecasts, you know, they'll be wide of the mark, or they tend to be. Uh, And we have had some interesting commentary on all of this uh, this week from the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, of course, that said, uh, well, it said a couple of things about the UK economy. First of all, it said that um, the UK would avoid recession and could post uh, small growth this year, about 0.3% over the course of the year. So not very much, but increasingly not uh, in recession. That's an upgrade on its previous forecast. But it also said that inflation would stay higher for longer and that the 2% target wouldn't be reached until the middle of 2025. Now, you compare that to what the OBR is saying, 2.9% by the end of this year, probably someone's going to be badly wrong on that. And the most recent sort of data, I guess, suggests that it might be more persistent than we think.
1: yes so I mean the two things are related of course the IMF suggesting that the that the UK economy is stronger than 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 it thought before uh, I think it was forecasting 0.4 percent this year uh, and that compares with a 0 point3 percent contraction only three months ago that was its that was its forecast now admittedly it was a very different world three months ago we were in the mm-hmm. middle of that banking crisis and uh, Things looked looked less positive, but clearly uh, the, the the British economy is is holding up as our other economies holding up better uh, than we had feared, and that is driving demand, and and that's feeding through into more persistent inflation uh, than than policymakers had hoped for. So y- yeah, I mean. Th- th- that's quite a long wait, though, isn't it, still? Uh, nearly two, two years, years now, to come yeah. c- to come down to target. And inevitably, I think if we do have that long wait, then the, the Bank of England is going to be in no hurry to bring interest rates down. And in fact, the forecasts are that currently interest rates stand at 4.5%, uh, and the expectation is that they'll probably be
0: 5% by the end of the year. Yeah, and, well, I mean, the, we're going to get into some of the, the consequences of rates at that sort of level, but... Um, when you cast forward to how long they might have to stay at that elevated level and how gradually they're going to come down because as we say if the if the inflation is above target for the next 2 years really that that doesn't incentivize the bank in any way to 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 bring break rates lower does it and and speaking of the bank of england we last week had um the governor andrew bailey talking uh, and he basically said that the well he acknowledged something that's been sort of uh Understood for a while, which was that UK, the UK is experiencing what he called a wage-price spiral. Uh, we've spoken about it before on the the, the podcast, but it's basically the, uh, the 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 spreading out of inflation from simple things like commodity prices that were affected in the short term by the war in Ukraine and what have you. Um, to the wider economy, so let's have a word on that, Tom. That yeah. wage price spiral. What's he talking about?
1: Well, I mean, what he's talking about is 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 the the effect that you get when um, consumers, ordinary people like you and I, see their their standard of living falling because of uh, of rising inflation, and and they try and do something about it by pushing for higher wage rises. That in turn um, raises the costs of the businesses that employ us, and they then have to Push up their prices in order to protect their margins, and the one thing feeds off the other, and yeah. that's why you, that's why it's called a, a spiral because the, the wages and the prices um, uh, trigger each other, and you get an upward upward spiral. That's what that's what the central banks really fear, um, because the 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 other aspects of inflation will tend to sort themselves out. You know, interest yeah. rates will go up; there'll be a bit of a slowdown. But if you get a wage price spiral, it becomes entrenched, and it's very difficult to get on top of that. And this, of course, is what happened 40 years ago in the UK.
0: Well, yeah, and, and, you you know, something eventually does have to give. And at the moment, um, I think he was calling them secondary effects. Mm. You know, you have, you have the sort of primary inflation coming through and then you have these secondary effects. And as you say, people are charged more on a commodity-related purchase, whatever that is, heating their home, uh, but any number of things, really. And then they they... In aggregate, demand. It's not like you march into your boss's office and say, "Pay mm. me more money because mm. of my gas bills." But mm. people in aggregate change jobs, wages go up, and because it's been quite a tight jobs market uh, with with not many, um, sorry, with lots of vacancies and very few unemployed people, mm. uh, employees have basically been able to get those wages. And as you say, it gets chased up and up and up. And what has to give eventually is when. Employers stop paying those higher wages, and that's a painful moment. Mm-hmm. And this is not a unique, uh, this is not a
1: problem that's unique to the UK, but it does seem particularly um, uh a problem uh, in the UK, and there are historical reasons for that. I mean, the jobs market is particularly uh, tight uh, in in the UK. Um, you know, not completely as a consequence of, of of Brexit, but that has clearly been a factor yeah. in 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 the, the way that the the jobs market has evolved.
0: Other factors as well. I mean, we've spoken about the the, the great retirement, something that's this sort of odd effect that no one's quite been able to pin down. Mm. Uh, following the pandemic, lots of people just simply leaving the, the, the work or the labour market at that mm. point as well. That and indeed
1: help. higher levels of, of sickness and sort of uh, sort of maybe sort of semi-permanent uh,
0: sickness, maybe as a consequence
1: of COVID. So there are a number of different factors.
0: There are a number of different factors. Um, and we've mentioned them, but, you know, if we're looking at interest rates, perhaps moving even higher from where they are now and then staying there um, until, I mean, I've, I've read predictions the, the until next year or halfway through next year at, at that top level. I mean, that's going to be really painful. It's going to create serious pressure on um, the finances of individuals who have to pay those higher prices or those rising prices, but none more so than on mortgage borrowers, of course. Uh, And and because inflation is going to, or interest rates are going to stay high for so long, because of the way the mortgage market works, as the months roll by, more and more people are going to find they're remortgaging, having to come, having to remortgage at the end of a deal, And then they're going to start to really feel that perhaps hundreds of pounds of extra uh, money they're going to have to come up with in, in repayments. Mm.
1: Yeah, because the way that the mortgage market works and the, and the, the way in which we have tended to move more towards um, fixed rate mortgages for a number of years maybe 2 years maybe 5 years sometimes even even longer it kind of it kind of flattens out the uh the the, the cycle the 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 monetary policy uh, cycle it yeah. dulls the impact um or it delays the impact and that's what we're seeing uh is that you know many people have simply not experienced uh, the impact of rising interest rates yet because they're on a fixed rate mortgage. Uh, I mean, just personally, I have a mortgage which rolls over this summer. And um, and it's a very significant increase. And, you know, many, many thousands of people across the country are having a similar experience um, uh, this year. And uh, and and it, it means that it becomes more of a slow motion uh, impact yeah. over a period of, of time.
0: Well, it happens very, very slowly and then all at once. Yes. I mean, th- you know, that's <laughs> th- sort of, that's what's always been odd about, um, I mean, law- you'll always hear this phrase that, you know, uh, interest rate policy is, is 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 driving through the rear view mirror. You know, you can kind of control things, you have to wait for it to, to see what the effect of them are. Mm-hmm. It's even more so with that mortgage effect, which is a huge part of the efficacy of interest rate changes, Mm -hmm. isn't it? That you can basically change how much money mortgage borrowers have month to month. Mm -hmm. But as you say, it takes a long time for that to come through. And and by the time it does come through, well, the the bank's done its decisions about Mm. tightening and how much is appropriate Mm. so it's guesswork
1: absolutely and that's why that's why the job of central bankers is 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 so difficult because um they make decisions and the cumulative effect of those decisions isn't felt until long after those decisions have actually been made and by then of course it's too late to do anything about it And, and that's why they need to sometimes pause to just allow
0: Uh, a bit of catch up to see what the impact of their previous decisions have been. Yeah, indeed. Well, um, finally, Tom, a word on markets, if we can. I mean, clearly the major markets, um, they don't only reflect what's happening in the UK, but what is happening globally. We've said many times that markets look forward or look through events like this, and they're going to be focused on, I guess, the period uh, when rates start to to come down uh, and the potential that has to boost earnings of companies that will help share prices. But if we do continue to get news on inflation, which is which is bad, or that inflation is more persistent than than perhaps was previously expected, there could be trouble ahead for stock markets, couldn't there?
1: Yes, I mean there's always there's always a a time lag. There's always a a mismatch between uh, the timing of the turn in the stock market and the turn in the economy. And we've, you know, clearly we've seen that over the last six months, markets have stabilized and and in some cases have risen pretty sharply. But they are really anticipating, um, you know, a combination of events, almost a Goldilocks scenario of interest rates peaking and then starting to come down, um, uh, earnings um, holding up, um, uh, and inflation coming down as well and really if if we don't get all three of those uh as the market expects then there is scope for some disappointment uh and you know maybe that that argues for some volatility in the months ahead. Because I think that, the, and, and and the key variable there is the inflation rate. Because mm. if inflation proves to be stickier, if we do get this wage price spiral, if that stays the hand of central banks on, on interest rates, um, then that's likely to have an impact on corporate earnings as well. So all three of them are intimately connected. Uh, and they need, everything needs to, to turn out, just perfectly to really justify uh, the improvement in markets over the last six months
0: or so. Okay, well, Tom, that is all the time we have for now. Thanks an awful lot for joining me. Thanks, Ed.